Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome, everybody. This is John Arnold of J. Arnold & Associates. I'm an independent analyst, and I am here today with another podcast for EM360, Enterprise Management 360 in the UK, and we have got another very interesting segment to share with you. We're going to be talking today about AI and CX. These are two on-trend acronyms for artificial intelligence and customer experience, and I'm going to be featuring two guests with me from a company in Germany called Parlamind, and they are an AI software company and they're doing a lot of interesting things in the CX space. And we're going to talk about what they're doing, but also some of the broader trends that are giving rise to the use of AI in the customer experience realm, the contact center, customer care, automation of service, etc., etc. Lots to talk about, and uh, this company is doing some interesting things. So the time is right. So joining me today is going to be Tobias Lehman, he is one of the co-founders and serves as CTO. And also with us is going to be Olav Straw. He's an investor in Parlamine and can speak actually quite well to some of the uh, AI trends that are coming and are really driving innovation in this space. So Tobias and Olav, welcome to the podcast here. Hi, guys. Hi, John. Hi, John. Thanks for having us. Sure, you're very welcome. Doing uh, doing well here. So this is yet another international effort. I am based in Toronto, Canada, and you are both calling in from uh, Berlin area, Germany. Is that right? Correct. Yes. And uh, of course, the command center uh, for EM360 is London, UK. So not only are we international, but we're crossing three time zones to get this thing done but the listeners don't really care. They just want to know what's going on. So let's get to it. Let's get into first a bit about the company, which will be new for a lot of listeners here. And frankly, I did not know Parlamine early on, but I totally get what you're doing now. It's very much in tune with what I see in North American markets for this uh, intersection. And that's kind of what I look at it as between AI and CX. So why don't we get started? Uh, Tobias, as a co-founder, a you're the logical starting point. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the company, the background, how it came to be, the markets you play in, that, that kind of thing, please. Parlamind is an AI software company based here in Berlin, founded in 2015. And we are developing and implementing automated customer service solutions. We are targeting usually enterprise type organizations that have high volume in customer service and our technology helps them to work on their customer care tasks. And our technology works across all channels like email, chat, voice. In those channels, we are focusing on different levels. We do assist agents while they are answering customer care requests, while they are talking to customers or chatting with them. And we also fully automate complete workflows of a company. Well, automating workflows is certainly a big part of the story here. Maybe talk a bit about, if you could, uh, either of you actually, about kind of the geographic markets that you serve. Here in North America, I haven't come across your company yet, 
but obviously there's a big market out there in all major continents. And also a bit about the types of verticals or, or, or markets that you really find there's a real strong need for this right now. Perhaps let me join in here, John. I come from the contact center and call center space and their customer service is like the core business or the core function that most of those organizations perform. And this space has developed in Germany or in, in you know the Central European region throughout the last, I would say, 20, 25 years quite tremendously. And we have really large operations in that area. And they were mostly heavily call-based. And so I found it very interesting that Palamind is working on solutions that automate elements of a customer service process. And um, that is first working on emails, but then also being able to use that technology to automate certain or to help automate certain parts of a caller interaction. And therefore, this is of tremendous use in that space. There is so far very little automated interaction in this area. So that's why the Central European space is basically waiting for things that Parliament does. I'm glad that you brought that up, uh, Olav. You know, um, when you're certainly immersed in the world of AI and, you know, bringing the latest technologies to contact center, when you're breathing it every day, you kind of think, oh, everybody probably has this. But when you get out there, you realize that so many of these companies are still tied to, you know, legacy tools, analog technologies, uh, very manual processes. And, yeah. and I guess your jaw probably drops a little bit when you say, oh, boy, these guys have a long way to go. Yeah, that's exactly why digital transformation is on many people's minds right now. And it's really true. The world is way more analog still than we in the technology space might think. Yeah, so I guess that translates to a high perceived value when you bring them something that they uh, understand. But I guess there is a big gap there to cross. And so let's get into that a bit here because, you know, we're really here to educate and show the market what these technologies are capable of. So why don't we kind of break these things down a bit? You know, I mentioned earlier these acronyms of AI and CX, and I write about this stuff a lot. So, you know, we wake up every day, we know exactly what it means. But, uh, a lot of our listeners don't. So why don't we, uh, first let's talk about each of them and then get into a bit about what makes them complementary in this space. So let's get into uh, AI first and just kind of get your takes. Everyone has a different understanding of what this means in their minds. So why don't we uh, hear from each of you on how you would define AI at the moment? For us, it's very important that we do not use this like plain buzzword AI. Moreover, we would like to call it conversational AI because that's exactly what we are doing. We develop an AI. We are a team of linguists and we use AI to understand human language. This is a technology that is part or can be used as a part to improve customer experience in total. But it's just one of the technologies that can be used for that. What Tobias is pointing out is really important. AI, it's like human skills, you know. There's lots of things humans can do. And 
you have a broad skill set, but usually you are only good at one or two things that you specialize in that you can basically earn your living with. And in AI, even though we are far away from modeling complete human skill set or so, in AI, you also need to concentrate very narrowly on a certain skill set that you want to develop or that you want to train models in or so. And, and Palamind, really, that skill set is conversational AI, and, and they can deal with language. We know basically how to interact with people on a textual level, and that makes AI tick at Palamind. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I'm glad that you're narrowing it in on this and not talking about AI for the sake of it itself, because it means so many things. And it's very easy to slap that term on your products. And, you know, you could charge more money for it because people think it's better, which is just really pretty misleading at this point. But this makes the focus on an application of AI. And I'm with you on that one. Conversational AI is really what we're getting at here. So let's shift out of this, uh, this funny term of CX. Again, a very kind of nebulous idea, customer experience, which again, it's so subjective. But, you know, you're applying a conversational AI to the equation here. So what is in for you guys? How do you view CX? Is it a contact center centric idea? Is it a customer centric idea? Is it a little of both? Tobias? To me, um, customer experience is customer centric idea, which is a total of all the experiences a customer has with a company. Yeah, so everything that's related to conversations, no matter which channel is used on the one hand and on the other hand, it also is related to the usability and the design of the tools that the company provides. Yeah, so it's everything in total that customers are in touch with when they deal with products and customer care of a company. The user experience or the customer experience is everything that you feel and experience, meaning listen to, hear, see when you interact with the company from, you know, all the materials to the voice of a representative to the feel of the product. And what can AI help or what can it bring to the table? Conversational AI makes the whole interaction when you use customer service of a company more flexible. And that's what I think is the value that AI-based customer service can bring to the table. As AI, the technology itself is improved a lot in the past, but it will improve a lot in future as well. It can play a key role in this regard to improve customer experience a lot. Yeah, I would agree with that too. If I was in your shoes, I would be focusing on that idea of improving customer service because you could also, and we'll get into this in a moment, you could also be thinking about AI strictly as an automation technology, right? or the applications to make the process more efficient, which is a use case in itself, right? But may only like maintain the customer experience. But, you know, I think where you're going is that it can be additive as well to make it a better experience than you could without AI, right? 
automating things is to me is like a side feature of this whole stuff. The key feature and where AI is mainly used is in understanding conversations and understanding meanings of end users. Once you can you understand and you can interpret what the user and end customer wants, you can automate things and you can automate processes or you can even guide agents to deliver um, the right answer. Yeah, so um, the, the key feature is where AI is mainly used in our field of application is understanding people's meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that enrichment of a conversation that AI can support, whether it's in that initial phase where AI can speed up bringing you to the right information or the support of an agent where AI can look in the background for context information while the agent is engaging with you. That is where conversational AI really shines. Yeah, and I like what you said there about automation as well, because I I suppose there might be a hundred things you could automate to make customer service better, and I would think your AI can help you narrow that down and say, okay, here's the one thing you could automate that would have the biggest impact on customer experience. And I think we're we're maybe not quite there yet, but I, I can envision that that would be a very good way for AI to add value, right? To tell you what needs to be automated, how to prioritize your efforts. AI has this added feature or added capability of kind of analyze what the caller or the user experiences during a conversation. There is certain, you know, little hints, certain clues. So you get this sentiment analytics and they can help you actually improve how you address people where you have to provide additional information or where you have to really backtrack from providing certain answers or so and this sentiment analysis that ai can do while conversing is something that is really new and that is a, a very powerful tool. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It's uh, I know it's still early days, but that idea of detecting sentiment and uh, maybe anticipating where things could go before the agent takes you down the wrong path could be really, really helpful. So let's build on this a little bit and say, okay, we've talked a bit about what AI is capable of, and now let's uh, step back and look at the problem set which is really what the customer is seeing. So we know a lot of companies, and you've already kind of hinted at this, are struggling to provide good customer service, deliver a good customer experience. Why do you think it's so hard to do it well? I think it takes effort. It takes effort on several layers. It's labor intensive because you need to interact with a person on a very specific problem. Second, it needs support, meaning you have to have information available that provides answers to questions or information how the status of a certain case is. And third, you need to have 
enough, I would say, empathy to make that person feel good about that there is someone listening to a problem and trying to help. I would agree. I mean, do you think this is more of a technology problem that's getting in the way? Or is it a culture problem? You talk about empathy. I mean, I'm sure some companies, all they think about is customer service and others really don't care so much and just take it as a nuisance. Is it a mix? Probably is. It definitely is a mix. If you listen to stories on events, on customer service presentations, what they always stress you know, whether it's from the hospitality industry or from the airlines or from someone visiting a grocery store, what they always stress is this aha moment where customers were surprised about something that a customer representative did that was out of the ordinary. Those are the stories, you know, these aha moments that people really enjoy. And that is when customer service comes to life. And I think that's this empathy moment and that has to be within the culture of a company, not only within the technology or within the guidelines. It has to be within the culture of a company. I would certainly agree. Tobias? I think empathy isn't the only thing that's important here. It's also important that customers nowadays expect like high-quality answer to their questions in very short amount of time. They have high expectations on customer service in terms of quality and in terms of speed. And maybe back in the years, it was okay if you send an email to a customer care team and waited uh, three days for a uh, reply. But today, I want to have my personalized answer immediately available. And I think the time when companies try to avoid customer care contacts is over. But in order to get everybody served in the same quality, they need to have some sort of support, some sort of supportive technology in place in order to get the huge amount of requests answered. And of course, empathy is, is very important and it's definitely, it counts into cultural direction. But if you want to solve all or this high amount of tasks, you need to have something that drills it down um, to the actual answer. And I think customers would be fine even if you don't bring up that much empathy. When you're talking to customers, though, it's not like you're waving a magic wand with AI and say, hey, this will solve all your problems, right? If your agents don't know how to be empathetic and can't deal with customers on a human level, all the AI in the world isn't going to make a difference, right? I mean, you've got to really kind of show them that it's a combination of both, right? Yeah. So I don't think that the task of an AI is to be empathic. It's more to serve you at the right time or in the right time yeah, with the right quality. And whenever it comes to be empathic, this is a task of an agent and of a real human being. I don't think that from the technology side, we are not at this point yet where we can create empathic systems. Yeah, and perhaps we shouldn't. I agree. The point is that true empathy from an agent or from a customer representative is supported by AI that assists in doing so, that assists with those information gathering, providing context and everything so that the agent can face the customer and concentrate on the customer. 
Right. And we should be transparent about that. So if you get served from an AI, we should tell that this is an answer provided by an AI. Yeah? Uh, because um, we, we want you uh, to be served as uh, fast as possible. And if you need that at the end with the goal that the end customer expects the right thing. Yeah? So if the end customer know that he will be served by an AI, he doesn't have to expect that much empathy. Yeah, he just expect maybe the right answer. Well, you know, AI has many facets. When we were preparing for this call, Olaf, I remember you talked about kind of two ways of looking at the role of AI, basically either to automate or to assist. Yeah. And I like that distinction. So can you just uh, explain that a little bit? Yes. It boils down to those two elements that we've talked before which is, are we trying to make things more efficient? That's clearly on the side of automation. Or to bring out the quality in the interaction. That's the assistance part. So we think that the conversational AI should be able to work on both levels. It should be able to assist the agent or the customer representative by providing this additional information quicker, perhaps also with some hint of what the sentiment is. And it should, in very mundane tasks, be able to automate the whole transaction, meaning, for example, a password reset, asking for an address change. Those are relatively mundane tasks where people do not expect you know, tremendous levels of, you know, customer interaction. They want to get it done. And that's where automation gets its upper hand. And they want to get it done quickly. So you, for an address change, you do not want to wait for 20 minutes just to have an interaction. It should be done and that's it. But in more complex tasks, for example, and when it comes to assist, the system could provide context-sensitive information based on the ongoing conversation, which helps the agent to, for example, find the right entry in the uh, CRM system. Yeah? And this will make things much easier for the agent and at the end leads to a better experience for the end customer. Delivering all that sounds like a pretty good value proposition. But that's not the whole story here with Parlamind. And this is where I find your company is a little different than most of the other players in the AI space that I, I come across. So we've talked about software. It's cloud-based. You do all those things. It sounds pretty well. But you also have hardware and media servers, right? You develop them on your own. So you bring that kind of mix of hardware and software and that's that, i don't really see that very much in this space at this point in time so it sounds a little anomalous but makes sense to me as you've explained it so can we talk a bit about that uh i'm not sure i guess maybe olaf you had explained this to me initially let's let's kind of explore that so the audience can understand where the hardware piece actually fits in yeah the idea is to provide an end-to-end -end solution and coming from the contact center space well familiar with providing spoken information, meaning you deal with calls and you deal with calls on a high volume and you want to do that 
at a high quality. And therefore, we definitely believe that we need, especially now that the whole call space has shifted to voice over IP, call quality, recordings, codecs, and all this kind of processing, voice processing, is a very crucial part of your quality impression that you get during a voice interaction. And to do that right, sure, you can use some free switch implementation on AWS. It all works, yes. But to have a very tight control on the whole stack, we opted to develop our own media server I mean, with DSP boards and to implement the whole stack in our own uh, data center. So we have an end-to-end quality assurance on it. And that really helps to maintain call quality and voice interaction quality, even if you have to scale up and you have high volumes of traffic coming in. So that was the reason why we started with this and we developed it. The second thing is that was kind of a sideline, but that is really something that has developed into a second major reason is, I mean, we are in in the EU. So this whole privacy and data security element is also something that people really value. And when you have to record voice, you have to make sure where you place it and how you handle it. To do it on your own systems has really gained us traction in this. I have one addition to this. Our technology needs data, yeah? and we need the data to train our AI to get it um, to a certain uh, quality. And this data is processed by us and only by us. Yeah, So we don't want to upload our customers' data to some servers in the cloud and then have our models being trained. Instead, the total control of this data flow, and we have it on our own servers, and we can maintain those servers, and we can operate them on our own, and we can size them how we want them to be sized. Yeah? So that's crucial for our technology, and it, of course, costs more money yeah, in the beginning, but I think that is, in general, the right approach if you are in control of the whole technology, not only of the software, from head to toe. That's a holistic solution, right? I like this idea of keeping that control over your data. I can see that why would appeal to companies who are maybe concerned about cloud. And, uh, you know, this might be the right time to mention, you know, if any country is sensitive about where data is stored, it's got to be Germany, right? (laughs) True. With GDPR, you've got the toughest uh, standards to manage privacy and keep consumers protected. So I'm glad to hear that. So for listeners who are not in Germany or even the EU, could you guys maybe just talk a bit about that? Have you found GDPR has kind of kind of upped the game a little bit of, of keeping everybody honest and uh, making you know us as consumers comfortable using these kind of new technologies like AI and the cloud? Yes, it has you know, influenced our decision-making on how to develop things and, and where to store things a lot. 
because our customers are really getting pretty detailed on all these questions and all the contractual elements that we have to fulfill. So this is becoming a major part of every project that we do. And therefore, you know, you can just feel, oh yeah, this is all red tape, but you can also turn it around and create a business opportunity out of it. And as an investor, you understand that. Correct. So let's park that idea for a moment. Uh, I just want to be mindful of our time here and uh, turn around and look at the customer now because uh, we've been talking mostly about the technology and how it's used in the contact center. But uh, let's uh, focus AI on them. How do you see AI driving a better customer experience? You know, what, what does that look like to the customer? Tobias? In general, AI, as we already said, can support in almost every aspect of a conversation. Yeah? So in general, it helps a lot to improve the customer experience in total, but it gives you, it leads to a better availability. It can help to deliver standards across different channels. So to have the same end user experience um, on different uh, different channels, it um, can help to um, uh, raise the quality of the of the answers, and it can even personalize the answers. Yeah, and at the end, what counts is that you have like a faster response time, and you have less um, things to really concentrate on as an agent. And um, you have a better first contact resolution rate. Those are, I think, the key features where AI can help. Yeah, from the point of view of the customer, right? And I like what you mentioned there about personalization. Uh, it sounds to me like, uh, certainly when I think in my world of my kids, you know, what millennials are expecting now, they come to it from a very different perspective than, you know, older customers who are used to analog approaches to service, right? And so they want that personalization to feel uh, valued, to feel like it's their experience. And uh, that's pretty tough to provide if you don't have modern tools in the contact center, right? Yeah. If you don't have information available about their case, about their background or their profile, it really becomes a guessing game. So mm. that yeah. is definitely something where you, you need to have those tools, especially when you have call interactions, readily available at the moment of interaction. That is only possible when it is well-structured and you also find it. Yeah, I'm with you there about the guessing game. And I'm sure that many agents are usually guessing. Yes, when they're, when they're <laughs> you've experienced that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just as we know when they're guessing, you know, when they're not using a very good AI interface for conversational, we also know when we're talking to a bot, right? Because you just know by the way they engage. So, so speaking of that, you know, as with any technology, you know, AI can be used for good and not so good, right? And we're all living right now in the COVID world where everybody seems to be on Zoom all day long. So that company is having its moment, but it's also had some of its shortcomings exposed. And so AI can be so deceptive, as we know, and there's certainly a fine line 
when it's not being used in our best interest. So I think you guys know what those lines are and when not to cross them when you're talking about AI for your customers, for CX. So how do you kind of couch that with them? Are, are they skeptical about AI on this level or are they kind of just saying, yeah, we'll take whatever you can give us? I mean, how do you get them comfortable using it you know, for the right reasons? So I think in general, they are not skeptical. They are looking for help. Yeah, they need support to fulfill their daily tasks. And um, they are curious about uh, what AI can deliver and where AI can help. And usually they have different expectations and what the AI can bring to their own um, situation yeah, or where AI can really help. And we usually approach it in this way that we look at the real use cases. Yeah, So it's not a magic box in the background that uh, just understands everything that people are talking about. It's more of a, a system that is trained on existing conversational data. And with this trained information, this AI can help you um, uh, to guess, uh, for example, a next step of a user or to uh, suggest an answer to a certain request. So usually the expectations of people are various. Perhaps let me chip in here. When it comes to what you call the, the, the bad sides of AI or so, you really have to have some ethical guidelines. And we do have that. You know, we have a catalog of about nine elements that we follow. And for example, one important thing is, as we have mentioned before, we tell the customer when he or she is interacting with a system, with an AI-based conversational system, a chatbot or voicebot or whatever. So we do not pretend to be a human when it is not a human. That's one thing. The second thing is all of what we do is auditable. So when you want to do a software audit, our customers can do that. They can look at how our models work and how we have trained them. And that is an important part of uh, not being a black box. And the third thing is we tell them where we store the data and they can have a complete transparency on how the data is processed. So we have these guidelines and that makes people really more comfortable about the whole thing. And hopefully for your customers as well, right? Right. And to be fair, you know, AI can go in any direction and it's not regulated. It doesn't really fall under the GDPR umbrella directly. So I think there's a lot of trust, right? Right. That comes with your customers who are looking for good ways of using AI, right? Yes, you're right there, John, but I do think that we will get that regulation. Mm -hmm. The EU is coming up with something like that within the next 12 months. Good. I think that would be welcomed. That's probably another podcast. So let's push on. We just got a couple of more topics to cover and then we'll be wrapping up. So you know, what you're saying is really about transparency, right? You know, being upfront with your customers about what AI can do and uh, likewise what AI is doing when it's in their operations, when their customers are engaging with the contact center. There's certainly plenty of reasons to question what the Googles and Amazons of the world are doing with all that data. So 
you don't have to look far to have reasons to, to wonder sometimes. So, you know, when you get into that transparency issue, is that something your customers are asking you about right from the start? Or is it something that has to be kind of brought to them because this is a new area? Tobias, what are you seeing? Yeah, from my experience with our customers, they haven't thought about when they uh, come to us, yeah, how they should um, 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 provide this information to the end customers. What we suggest them is when uh, we are talking about their use cases and about the usage of AI, that um, uh, we suggest them to be as transparent as possible and uh, provide this information to the end customers. Yeah, so. Um, if you if you chat um, uh, with an AI, um, why not um, adding something uh, below the chat window that uh, states, okay, this is an uh, AI-based chat. Yeah? This actually helps to manage the end customer's expectations a lot. And uh, if an AI can also fail sometimes, yeah? and if it provides uh, a bad um, answer, and customers will understand because this is uh, just another technology that is used all with the goal to deliver uh, fast and high quality responses. Yeah. And I think this also comes up to something we talked about early in our conversations, guys, and that's this idea of being authentic, right? Customers want an authentic experience. The contact center wants to be seen as authentic and trying to help customers and I think this will be our kind of good uh, wrap-up point here. But, you know, how big of a role should AI play in customer experience? You know, what kind of a spectrum do you think this should be on for your customers? How do, how do you position it for them? I think that is industry-specific. In certain industries, conversational AI can play a bigger role because there is a lot of, I would say, relatively straightforward interaction going on that needs to be handled for example in in you know in in the tourist space or at utilities whereas in other areas you have a much more intense consultation going on in customer service cases and there ai plays i think a smaller role right now but perhaps in the long run, an even bigger role. Exactly. And that's what actually make this technology so special. Yeah? It's, it's the potential as it can support in, in uh, various ways, but across all different channels and all different use cases. So from like fully automated to partly automated or just assistive. It's um, there's a huge uh, range uh, where AI can help, and it's very use case specific, I think. But that's what makes it so special for the future. Yeah, yeah. And from my point of view, it's an e technology yeah, for the future. For yeah, I, I would agree, uh, Tobias. You know, that's why I mentioned this as a spectrum, right? Because AI can be, you know, totally behind the scenes. But it could also be right leading everything. You know, you mentioned here, uh, you know, having avatars, you know, things that give us a personality that you could theoretically have a customer engagement that's entirely AI driven, right? We're not there yet, I don't think, but the potential, as you say, is there. And uh, I think that's a pretty strong vision for customers to be thinking, your customers to be thinking about for how they can uh, 
bring this into the customer service experience, right? And, and I guess that's, you know, that those are consulting opportunities for you to design and develop new offerings. To close out, why don't we just kind of get each of your thoughts on, you know, you know where we're at today from listening to this podcast, everybody, but um, where do you think we're going to be two or three years from now? Tobias? At the very beginning of this development, yeah, and I think in, in the near future, more and more companies will start uh, using those technologies, and of course, the technology will improve. So we will be able to solve even more requests and even more use cases in the future with the help of AI. And I think it's crucial for companies to um, integrate this technology in their own customer care team and to have it working in parallel together with their agents. Yeah, I would agree that in three years' time, you have way more combined task forces where you have a certain number of virtual agents or virtual assistants that take part of the conversation or part of the interaction. And then you have people that actually handle certain complex parts of a customer service case and basically finish the task. So it's kind of a combined team that you will see. The short answer for all of this is, is AI going to put those agents out of work? No, definitely not. Definitely not. I think this is an important question to kind of end this podcast on, right? Yeah. You know, that is an existential issue, I think, that all agents are wondering about bringing AI into their world, right? So why do you say that? For a simple reason. Many products and services become increasingly complex. So on one hand, you have AI as kind of getting better and better. On the other hand the problems get more difficult by the year. Therefore, there's always this gap that needs to be kind of handled by agents. And agents are much quicker in adjusting and also in uh, combining things from different sources to work on a solution. Therefore, in an increasingly complex world, you need general intelligence, and that's only available with agents. Well said. Tobias, you get the last word. It's not either AI or agent. It's more like having another tool available for agents that help them to fulfill their complex tasks. So AI is an addition and should be seen as an um, addition and, and, and as an, another tool to be used to fulfill the daily work okay well you've given me uh, hope guys that i will not be put out of my job here as your moderator and host <laughs> by a bot i suppose a bot could have conducted this podcast but thankfully we're not and that keeps me employed so i will take that as a positive ending <laughs> for our time here okay guys so thank you so much appreciate your uh, dialogue here and so olaf and tobias thank you for being on this podcast with me today. John, thank you for having us. Thank you, John. Okay, great. You're welcome. And uh, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed 
this podcast, and we have several others here. If you check out AM360's website, there's a wealth of material there, not just for podcasts, but for content of uh, uh, video and written uh, contributions from various people uh, like myself, but many, many others. So it's a really great resource. So with that, it's time to sign off. This is John Arnold of J. Arnold & Associates on behalf of Enterprise Management 360 for another edition of uh, their podcast series and my guests today, Tobias and Olav from Parlamind. And with that, we'll sign off and we'll uh, catch you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the EM360 Podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com. 